Hi, I'm Shelley. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to One Lump or Two, the boldest breast cancer podcast yet. Join us each week as we offer an intimate glimpse into the challenges, triumphs and unexpected levity of facing breast cancer head on in our 30s. Now let's pull back the curtain and dive on in. Hello. Hi. (laughs) We just went for a run and it's absolutely horrendously cold and windy and disgusting outside. So we now have to defrost. And also, someone said they really liked the tea chat. Yes, it's like, yeah, basically, but by popular demand. And by popular, we mean one person. I thought we'd bring it back with some tea. And we've got mango and bergamot. Is that right? Yeah. I actually quite like it. It's really quite nice. It's fruity. It looks a little bit like pea, but, well, unhealthy pea. It looks, <laughs> yeah, if you're dehydrated, yeah. I hope you enjoyed that riveting tea chat. Tea chat done. <laughs> we've got some updates. <laughs> this week yeah. cancer related and dating related obviously i'm the dating related one because my date, dating life is miserable i'll go first i guess yeah i yeah i was chatting to this guy obviously won't name names even though no one's gonna know who he is because he's just some random dude range <laughs> he was starting off really nice um his job title was stand-up comedian and let me tell you he wasn't funny whatsoever he essentially had quite a few health issues with he had long covid and we sort of bonded over the fact that we had like long-term health issues so what if you think to bond over it was a great thing to bond over but until he turned it into a competition oh no and he sent me an article no. saying that people who have long covid have it worse than people who have cancer like the side effects of long covid I don't is worse true. than having like long-term cancer yeah oh, no. and i when he sent it to me i was like wow like i literally cried like yeah i said like there's absolutely no need for that like basically what the fuck is wrong with you like this isn't a competition and he was like oh no no no, i didn't mean like that i just thought you might be interested i was like why the fuck would i be interested in that article so he's a, an absolute goner okay oh wow so that was yeah it was i was, i'm actually speechless which is new yeah <laughs> and i got not stood up but got cancelled on again oh well, that's it the vet the vet we had such the, oh we talked about him last week didn't we yeah the vet uh the irish vet can't be a vet and be a dick he is a vet and a dick turns out you can do most things and be a dick <laughs> <laughs> but never fear because i've actually got another date set up tomorrow oh my god i'm nothing if not resilient <laughs> i just keep getting knocked down it's like that song um i get knocked down but i get up again we're never gonna I literally just keep getting rejected. I'm like, no, I will continue. I will go on a date. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I can't even get to first dates anymore. At what point do you apply for Love Island or first date? <laughs> do you know what? I actually did look at the... I'm not a celeb. Yes. I'm not even on the alphabet. You're on the radio. I was on the radio. Um, but I actually did look at the um, application process for first dates. But I think, obviously, with the cancer, like, I've got such a perfect yeah, sob story. So I really think they'd, they'd get me on. I applied for the new Say Yes to the Dress for Town France, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. That's a sob story in Iran. Uh, see, I always think the sob stories really do it. Apparently not. You're obviously just not. Wasn't sad enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've had two phone calls this week. One with the sexual care after radiotherapy people yeah recommend it. how did it go really well actually i came away from that conversation feeling like really empowered and good there are some practical things that i can do that i haven't been told about mm-hmm. so we talked about the sexy 
vagina cream a couple of episodes ago she told me about vaginal moisturizers which i knew were a thing but obviously we have to be so careful what we use so she said that every woman she's ever prescribed it to has not had a problem since the day they started using it great i was arguing for an hour with my doctor to get Could you not even get it right i was gonna say because the the one good thing about i think i couldn't get house receptionist what Said, oh, we've looked it up and you can actually buy it over the counter. You know, I don't want to buy it because I get free prescriptions. <laughs> said, yeah, I know I can buy it over the counter, but this isn't because of just natural menopause. All of this is a result of my cancer medication and I think I'm paying enough. I had a oncologist mm-hmm. today. He signed off our phone call by going, keep going, only nine years to go. Wow. Thanks Yay. for the pet talk, hon. Um, but we talked about swapping from letrozole to toxin, which we're going to do. And there's potentially a clinical trial that I might be able to do yeah. six months. That's really exciting. Good, yeah. We're, I've got to catch up with him in six months' time to see how I'm adjusting to tamoxifen. Of course, varying side effects, different drug. It works completely differently to the way the letrozole we're taking yeah. does in our bodies. He did actually say, which I didn't know, that a lot of women will change from estomestane or letrozole to tamoxifen right. for six months and then go back. Because taking the break gives your body time to to heal properly and right. be settled because tamoxifen allows the low levels of estrogen to come back into your body, relieves you of some of the symptoms that you're uh-huh. having. And then when you go back onto it, because you're going back onto those drugs and your body's not in the battered state it started on those drugs in, it can bad. it's not as bad yeah so i might end up going back on the letrozole i might end up on something different if i do this clinical trial so it's the clinical trial for like hormone stuff yes ah exciting yeah so he's going to send me information when we get close to the time yeah also depending on how i fare with tamoxifen will let us know whether i'm eligible for the trial or not that's my fun update well that's like quite exciting updates though like yeah. exciting to try a new yeah. drug and see how you get on and exciting to have talked about like sex you know yeah <laughs> i think that kind of leads quite nice into what we're going to talk about today yeah so we've got uh bits of the process bit of a so yeah. Episode, yeah so we're going to talk about radiotherapy hormone therapy and menopause specifically medical menopause that, that yeah. we're in yeah all these treatments do link because they're sort of the the treatments that you have after your like curative treatments so there's these are the treatments that are to like reduce the risk of the cancer coming back yeah. for me especially because my chemotherapy was pre-surgery but let's talk about radiotherapy first arguably the easiest 100 percent for me and it's quick it's pain-free you really just have to lay there still the only thing that some people might find difficult is you have to hold your breath. So basically, you lie on a little table. The most of the time in the appointment is them just trying to get the table at the right height and you in the yeah. right position. So you're on this table, you've got x-rays in this machine all around you, and they do these tiny little micro, like, millimetre yeah. adjustments. So they're sort of like shouting out numbers to each other, aren't yeah. they? And you're a bit like, I don't know what these numbers mean. Like, but they were just, really... yeah, and then the bed will, like, jolt a little bit, and then it actually goes up really high. Mm. I didn't know, and I once they were like, oh, you're done, and I tried to, like, get off they're like no 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 it's the same way anymore because the table was like so high off the ground i was like wow okay yeah my bad sorry it's like this big machine that sort of hovers over you and then it moves around you in like mm-hmm. in like a circular motion and <laughs> i like to think of it as like shooting the legs rays yeah. at you yeah so you, before you have radiotherapy and i don't know if this is the case for all radiotherapy or just the radiotherapy we've had for breast cancer you receive 
little markers on your body. Yeah. So I have three. One, I have three. Yeah, one either side of uh, my breasts and one in between. Just looks like um, a blue freckle. They're, yeah, they're just, they pour a little bit of tattoo ink onto you and then they stab you with a needle. <laughs> and that's there forever. Yeah. They use those as markers to... Exactly where you're waiting. Yeah, yeah for, basically. for things to line up. And like make sure I don't know. Yeah. I really don't. I always thought I see like little lasers coming out and like yeah, that's like green little green lasers yeah. in like a cross section. Yeah, and I think that is how they line you up. They really have to line you up perfectly because the radiotherapy is really really targeted. Unlike chemotherapy, which is like whole body radiotherapy is targeted exactly at where your tumor is, and it will be in a different place for everybody yeah. depending on where your tumor originally was, whether it's fragile lymph nodes, etc., etc., etc. And one of the reasons you have to hold your breath is to expand the space in your chest to protect your heart. Yes, obviously, you don't want radio waves being sent through your heart. And then you have to breathe in and then you have to hold it. And then I found it really difficult. So if I breathed in too much, they'd go, okay, let a little bit out. And you'd go, like, <laughs> you have to, like do a tiny little breath out and then, but still hold the rest of it. And it was like, actually, I'm finding this quite difficult. Yeah. Um, but you have to hold your breath for. They say like at least 30 seconds. I don't think but it was never long. ever that long. I'd probably say no. about 20 seconds max. But you have to be able to hold it for at least 30 just in case. Yeah. And you lie there and this machine, it moves all the way around you and it does various radio waves from different directions. And there were some x-ray boards that come and just take x-rays for you. I walked out of my radiotherapy to my insides. Up on the screen one. Did you? Yeah. Oh, like, I've never that? seen it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, I'd never want to see that again really i find it really interesting uh certainly at the churchill i i don't know if this is the same for every hospital but at the churchill in the radiotherapy rooms there are pictures of trees on the ceiling mm. and i remember my first session liner being like oh this is really nice a little picture of a tree to look at and then they told me that you're in the same room for every radiotherapy session yeah. and i got really bored of looking yeah. at the same tree yeah. it's no longer calming yeah. it was i was raging at they the do room. have the radio do they have the radio on yeah, it's silent oh so i had the radio it depends on who the radiologist oh. was i think or the radiographer sorry because lucky i did get lucky not all the time but a lot of the time they had the radio on and i was like this is so when I go and get my smear test, I, it's always by the same nurse. <laughs> <laughs> and the, she has like a where's Wally poster on the ceiling. Oh, and so you can like cool. try and find Wally whilst you're having a smear test. And actually to this day, I've never found Wally. And I think that's what they should have that's in the radiotherapy room as well. So you can just lay there and stare at and try and find Wally. There are side effects to it. So yeah. everything else. So your skin, it burns. It burns. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a cross my my boob round it really and up into my armpit the skin is still tanned from, so mine yeah. actually wasn't that bad it got really sore towards the end and they tell you to put like a specific moisturizer on it and they give you like a watery moisturizer yeah. thing to put on it but mine healed pretty nicely to be honest in terms of i didn't have any problems just the skin just it was the skin was red oh mine was like red and generally no it's left like i just got a really weird tan from a really <laughs> weird holiday <laughs> yeah i recovered everything except one boob yeah <laughs> tiredness as well i think is a side effect i can't say i noticed did anything. you not see i actually did feel quite lethargic but and you do have to go in every day yeah so it's like 15 sessions for three weeks i didn't find it that bad you honestly if everything's running on time like you're in there half an hour fun fact about radiotherapy mine started on my 30th birthday happy birthday i know it was so funny of course that's happened 
I went in for like my pre-planning thing and they gave me all the dates and I just looked at it and laughed and she's like UK and I was like yeah um the first one is actually on my 30th birthday and she's like oh my god oh my god I'll see if we can change it and I was like no don't be stupid I don't really have any plans and like let's you know let's just get it like get it done it really wasn't how I wanted to start my 30s and they say that 30s is supposed to be like the best years of your life so far I'm not seeing it <laughs> life does not begin at 30. <laughs> The treatment that we are still on, and certainly for me, I'm on for nine years, having just been prescribed tamoxifen now, is hormone therapy. So hormone therapy is the the blocking of hormones. In our case, it's mainly estrogen. Yeah, because we both of our cancers were estrogen yeah. receptor positive, so the cancer feeds off the estrogen supply. So there are there's lots of different things that go into hormone therapy. So Shelley and I can only really talk from experience of, of ours. Yeah. And ours includes ovarian suppression, mm-hmm. sexy. So our ovaries have been put to sleep, to put it really simply. They aren't producing, then they're not, do- they're not doing anything. No. So I started ovarian suppression before anything else because I had chemotherapy first. They basically ask you if you want to go down the fertility treatment route and we'll touch on fertility in a different episode. But I declined the, the fertility um, preservation. Preservation, yeah. Couldn't think of the word that. <laughs> I don't know why I called it so quick. <laughs> oh, wow, that's good. Thanks. They basically put your ovaries, yeah, to sleep before you had chemotherapy because the chemotherapy is so toxic, it can make you infertile because, like we said, it targets any fast growing cells and that includes the eggs yeah. that you're producing every it's month. It's possible to have chemotherapy and everything while you're pregnant, but there are a whole host of. Oh, there's a lot of like risks and. Yeah. 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 So, Shelley and I are on slightly different drugs for our ovarian suppression. Yeah. They're essentially, they do exactly the same thing. Yeah. So, I am on Zolidex. I started off on Zolidex, yeah, yeah, and you're now on Prostap, uh, which is slightly different. And I'm only on that because I basically just went in and said, I can't be asked to go to the doctors every single month for this stupid injection. I want to be on the three monthly version. And luckily, they said, yeah. So I tried that after you told me, to yeah, and it didn't work. That's ridiculous, though. Like it's just because we have different oncologists. You get there, and it's the biggest needle you've ever and it's not an injection they basically like inject this pellet under your skin which releases whatever it releases to suppress the hormones yeah that stays in there for a month and you have to keep doing it every single month on different sides because the needle's so big you have to like change the size of your stomach to stop your stomach it's my 21st one so also you've nearly done two years nearly done two years yeah nice the holes from it take like four months to heal yeah i probably still have scars on my stomach from it because the needle is so big and they don't they don't warn you until you get there and then you get showing this needle and you're like (laughs) hang on a minute this isn't what i was expecting on top of those injections we've then got our how do you pronounce it f at one the whatever they are inhibitors oh aromatase inhibitors (laughs) i don't know what words you're even trying to say yeah (laughs) so they work to block the estrogen production in the body yeah so everything that we're having is to stop estrogen production yeah so the letrozole that shelly and i are as of today both on is stopping our body from producing estrogen at all so estrogen is produced in you know your sexual 
organs and everything but also the cells in your body produce tiny little bits of it passively anyway yeah and that's how your joints stay supple yeah help keep your eyes lubricated estrogen is responsible for a lot of the lubrication of your estrogen is responsible for a lot of things that i didn't really realize until now you don't have any (laughs) yeah and it's like whoa okay so the letrozole is stopping that whereas the tamoxifen which i'm just about to start Mm -hmm. doesn't stop the estrogen production it stops the estrogen attaching to the receptors ah. so i started on tamoxifen yeah and obviously the reason i switched to letrozole the chemotherapy pills that i take you have to be on an aromatase inhibitor yeah. for them to work right. properly so i had to switch to letrozole from i had to come off my antidepressants to be able to go on to tamoxifen so oh, really you can't take surgery when you're on it oh see i i'm on citalopram so could you not have just switched to a different antidepressant i could have but i couldn't be bothered to be dealing with multiple different switches, switches yeah ones. that's true um i don't think i need antidepressants mm-hmm. i don't think i need them you sure there is he okay uh, <laughs> no i'm joking <laughs> i cry a lot but i cry a lot anyway. i think you actually seem all right i'm getting better at showering so i think I'm yeah getting better i mean if yeah if you're getting better at showering that's a positive yeah yeah there are different hormone therapy drugs that work differently and they all have differing side effects but most of them are the same side effects as menopause, the menopause yeah and obviously because we're on these drugs for a reason the reason is to cut off estrogen you can't take hrt so you can't have any form of hormone replacement therapy nothing that contains estrogen so we are left to just suffer yeah. with no treatments essentially to help us and i think there are treatments i think my oncologist did say like there are things we can put you on if it gets bad enough but i basically i just don't think they want you to be on these extra treatments that you don't necessarily need and i'm I'm inclined to agree like i'd rather not take more pills to follow it it's like i rattle as is i take pills to combat side effects of the pills that i'm taking yeah which is ridiculous it's so stupid so we're just going to reel off all of the menopause symptoms that we experience. I feel like menopause, people don't know everything that goes into it because it's literally just like you think of hot flushes yeah. mainly. So we're just going to reel off a list and it's going to be like, you know, when they do the terms and conditions at the end of like an advert <laughs> where it's like 125% ABR. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so are we ready? Okay. Okay. Heart palpitations, insomnia, fatigue, dizziness, feeling pain, headaches, tinnitus. <laughs> you can you can read what you wrote then, could you? It's going well. Can we just carry on? Hang on. Tinnitus, dry eyes and mouth, sore gums, muscle and joint pain, breathing difficulties, needing a wee more, incontinence, vaginal dryness, hush, cystitis, thinning hair, dry and itchy skin, hot flushes, night sweats, weight gain, water retention, skin changes, tingly toes and feet, <laughs> changes to breath, low mood. <laughs> That's just going terribly. Low mood. Anxiety. Memory problems. Feeling tense or nervous. Lack of concentration. Panic attacks. Lack of interest in things. Depression. Crying. Mood swings. Irritability. Reduced self-esteem and a loss of confidence. Brain fog. Low libido. Fertility changes. Change to smell and taste. Strittle nails. Loss of bone density. Nausea. Anything else? I think we've ding, covered, ding. A- <laughs> <laughs> covered a lot of it. We're in technically medical menopause. Yeah. There are there are so many different we've been induced into the menopause, yeah. Menopausal statuses. Pre, peri, peri, post. post, premature, early, and medically induced. So naturally women will go through the many po- men the, the <laughs> mini pause. <laughs> the mini pause. 
normally when we go through the menopause between 45 55 and when I spoke to my doctor about it he said that I would naturally go through the menopause about the same age as my mum right so my mum went through the menopause at 50 technically around 50 is my natural Mm -hmm. menopausal age however breast cancer treatment and all this hormone therapy can bring your natural menopausal age forward by up to five years. So I could be looking at going into natural menopause about 45. I don't come off from medication till I'm 42. Well, there's no point. (laughs) The, the The thing that annoys about it is like, once you stop hormone therapy, you could go back to being premenopausal. Yeah. Because obviously your body will start producing estrogen again, or you could just stay in the menopause. They don't really know. Yeah. But because we're young, there is a, ch- a high chance that we'll go back to premenopausal. Then we just have to go through the menopause all over again. But it might be easier because medication. But so quickly as well. Like, yeah, we're not going to come off our medication yeah. until 40s. And then what, four, three years later, we're going back into the menopause. There's no fucking point. It, it riled me up. <laughs> This feels like a very touchy subject. <laughs> Have we done the right thing? Well, I don't know. I'm getting angry. No, it's fine. You don't expect to be a menopause in your 30s. Like, neither of us necessarily yeah. have of plans for children. And we, we will talk don't. about the whole fertility thing and why we make the choices we make. Yeah. Our choices will not be reflective of probably a lot of women. Yeah, it's horrible. You know, all your friends are talking about having babies and coming off their birth control or all these normal life events yeah. that are great. And I love my friends to bits and I'm so happy for all of their successes and all that kind of stuff. But I find myself getting incredibly frustrated that then I'm sat there being like, well, well I'm not going to have kids because I can't have children and my knee hurts all the time. <laughs> and I can't have, like, I can't just think straight. And I'm always tired. And I can't control my own temperature. So now I have to take medication to control my temperature yeah. because of my hot flashes. And you're talking to me about whether you should stop taking the pill or not. <clears throat> now he's getting <laughs> The people who are, like, having kids and coming off, do you do you. Yeah. That's not the thing that bothers me. What bothers me is the fact that I feel so old and other people our age just don't understand if you had to put an age on how old you feel what what's your age Mm, 55 60 i i consistently go 68 68 yeah that's pretty old wow i feel i can do more than what my mum can do and she's 65 sorry mum. it's so hard to convey actually how painful my joints are it's the invisible disability thing isn't it it is it's necessary being a disability it can't be seen so it can't be quantified yeah so it can't be treated in the same way as and because we're not else. like old enough to be going through the menopause we sort of get overlooked especially like at work and stuff and you know this isn't anything against where i work i there's i've had no issues but i think you do sort of get no one understands you know you get brain fog you get so fatigued your joints hurt you do need modifications yeah it'd be great to have like a stand-up desk or a comfier office chair <laughs> the, the temperature there's i mean to be fair there's really nothing you can do about the temperature i do have a fan at work with my name on it and somebody keeps stealing it and i can never find it the brain fog and stuff is probably one of the worst ones because you are trying to work and you're trying to be really good at your job and then there are certain things where you're like like, I'll go to a different room and I'm like, wait, why did I come in here? And I think people say to me at work, like, oh, do, do you remember 
you know, so and so, this patient, like you did this yesterday for them, and I was like, I on, wait, what? What did I do yesterday? I I, I cannot remember a thing. <laughs> one of my biggest I forget things is putting my phone and my keys down. Anyone I'm going out with knows to give me a five minute buffer because I've lost my keys. Yeah, and even though they are probably in the same place I put them every single time, mm-hmm. I never think to look in that place because that place is a new place that's been implemented because I kept forgetting where I was putting my keys. Yeah. So I'm forgetting where I put them and I'm forgetting where I put them because I forgot. <laughs> Just forget everything. Same with my phone. I've left my phone in the fridge of all places <laughs> quite regularly as well. That's a joint pain. Sometimes I make the noise now, you know, that noise where it's like, oh, yeah. every single time I sit down, every single time I get up without fail, I make that noise. Yesterday I was in so much pain. I was just rolling on and off the sofa to get mm. up all the time. I was just existing on a low level on the floor. <laughs> and because it's so cold at the moment as well, it actually makes it worse. And I feel so old. Do your bones and your joints seize yeah. overnight? Yeah. When I, it depends on the day, but yeah, some mornings I wake up and it will take me a good five minutes to sort of be mobile. And <laughs> Our son woke up really suddenly in the middle of the night. He just made this noise that makes any parent just go, oh my god they, they need me now my brain was up and out of bed before my body was <laughs> he was collapsed <laughs> i stood up with just face running yeah you see it my head on the side of the bed and then just carried on like <laughs> nothing to see here <laughs> just hobbling away waiting for your joints to like release themselves and i walk really stilted when i get yeah. up in the morning like i'm a robot yeah i, I have to walk like a robot as well because it hurts yeah. to like bend your knees and ankles. Yeah. Hurts to sit on the toilet. And we could go on all, all day about this and you'll just get bored too. Menopausal symptoms that we are definitely suffering from. I could list vaginal off. dryness. <laughs> Let's start with the main ones. Vaginal dryness. Yeah. So actually, should we do something helpful? Should we say how we're tackling them if we are? I'm not. Them? You're not. I don't have sex. I I've not had sex for years. <laughs> so I am using yes. Vaginal moisturizer. Okay. I've been using it for four days mm-hmm. already, but I can tell the difference. Really? Already? Yeah. But I can tell the difference. It is so much more comfortable. Wow. Everyone can get that. You can buy it over the counter. You can order it online as well. Brain fog, I don't think there is much that can help. I do arrow words. And I, not specifically for brain fog, it's just because I love arrow words. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I do arrow words just because I love them. But also, do you think it's making me more intelligent? <laughs> I haven't found anything that fixes the tripping over my words yet. I don't think the there's. I make lists everywhere and I still... Yeah, I think that the thing is there's no thing, nothing to fix these things. But I guess there's things that you can do to like adapt yes. to your like new normal, I guess. T haven't fixed that one. The thing with fatigue is, like, they always say, oh, mo- movement. Make sure you move your body. And whilst I do agree with that, sometimes you want to just sit and watch TV. Yeah. And moving is hard. <laughs> moving is hard. As we just discussed. Yeah. <laughs> so the next one, which I think a lot of people will, will be pleased to hear that is something you can do about, um, hot flushes. I have been prescribed a medication called oxybutin. Right. It's technically a bladder medication. So because it's having a great side effect that I'm peeing less. Which is great because I'm a stress peer. So I will pee 900 times a day if I'm stressed. Is, it, is that like healthy mode? Not be peeing? Well, I'm still peeing. I'm not just not peeing. <laughs> but it's like two, three times a day as opposed oh. to like six or seven, eight times a day like it was. Does your bladder feel full? No, because it blocks the receptor that you feel. So you oh. could just piss yourself? 
essentially. It's myself, yeah. But it's possible. It's possible, and I'll let you know if it happens. <laughs> You're not selling this medication. But I haven't had a single single, single hot flushes I started. I mean, that is amazing to be so fair. me two a day, and he said, well, just take one. I guess we're looking for an improvement, not to stop them, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. It, yeah, because you always suffered there. terribly, didn't you? Yeah. I hate them. Hot flushes are awful. It's like a fire has lit from within. Yeah, it like burns out. Yeah. And then you get dizzy. You yeah. have to like de-layer. You're like sweating. Like you can't, you feel a bit faint. Like you just yeah. can't function for about five minutes. <laughs> oh, it's probably longer. But oxygen has fixed those. Okay. Um. So if you are suffering really badly, you could ask for that. Yeah. Always discuss with a doctor. Always discuss with a doctor. Yeah. Mood swings, anxiety, depression, but they're part of the parcel with everything hormonal and... I had anxiety and depression since I was diagnosed. I mean, it is exacerbated by being in the menopause. Anxiety and depression is a menopausal symptom that not everyone will get. But obviously, we can't fix that. But I'm on antidepressants, which also act as a kind of anti-anxiety. I also have therapy... I mean, go to therapy. I actually would recommend therapy for everybody. Even if you're not going through cancer, like, I just think I'm I'm really one to advocate for for therapy. I think it's amazing. Anything. Yeah. Obviously, it's expensive. So, I like, I am quite privileged in the fact that I can afford to pay for private therapy. Not everyone's going to be in the same situation, but therapy has really, really helped me. Or start a podcast. (laughs) Start a podcast. (laughs) And then you just. Have a friend to talk about all your troubles with. <laughs> and everyone else gets to listen to your troubles as well. <laughs> oh, I discovered today it puts you at increased risk of heart disease. What, the menopause? Why? I don't know. No. Things to do with estrogen and the way everything to do with estrogen. Okay. I didn't really look into it because it came up on a thing when I was doing my fact checking mm-hmm. today and it just felt like one of those holes that I was going to fall down and not come back yeah. until you arrived. Yeah. And then I'd be like, oh my God, we can't do this because. So one of the last symptoms we're going to talk about, uh, one of the reasons we're friends, weight gain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We wanted yeah. to, yeah, we wanted to exercise and become fit and lose a little bit of weight. Obviously, disclaimer, like I, I love to advocate for women's bodies and you should love your body regardless of how yes. much you weigh. I don't think anyone needs to lose weight. I don't think you need to lose weight. I don't, I don't even think necessarily I need to lose right. weight, but it's about feeling comfortable. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have body issues anyway because I've had a boob removed. Yeah. And I think obviously social media and has a lot to play in, you know, the issues that we have. For me, it's the no brainer. I'll take the side effects if it means I don't have cancer anymore and so, it's going to reduce the risk yeah, of the cancer totally. coming back. So, I mean, I feel like you just said, let's name them and name how we're, yeah. we're fixing them we're not is the answer yeah just that one vaginal moisturizer you've recommended so far (laughs) and some arrow words (laughs) go to the shop buy an arrow word book and some vaginal moisturizer and you're sorted i (laughs) i really had something so interesting to say then but it's not recording for about two minutes because shelly i just had to say can you pause because i i just i had i really had something interesting to say off the back of like the whole weight thing and now i just not for the life of me remember what I was going to say so obviously it wasn't that interesting yeah and it's just annoying because we want to <laughs> record this podcast with as little editing as possible and now we're just going to have to edit a lot because two minutes of silence oh, wow no we thought <laughs> <laughs> I yeah this is this isn't going well now 
We're gonna have to stop. <laughs> We're gonna have to just stop recording. The episode's over, guys. Okay, I'm 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 done. Do you want to share your story? We'd love to hear from you, whether you've had cancer or not. Slide into our DMs on Instagram at one lump underscore or two, or email us at one lump or two pod at gmail.com. See you next week. Bye.